Thank you for joining me, you sweet, wonderful people of God. Our family, I love it. Today I continue my teaching on restoring the presence of God. A blessed time yesterday and a blessed time again today in the Word of God because from the Word we're going to see how to restore the presence of the Lord and keep it in our life. So important. Dear Jesus, I thank you for your Word. I thank you, Lord, for your truth. Now, Lord, bless your people with this blessed word in Jesus' most glorious name. And God's people said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Thank you for joining me again. Let's turn to Amos chapter 9 one more time. I want to just read verse 11 at this point. Yesterday I read verse 11 to 15, but today just one verse. Amos 9, 11. In that day will I raise up the tabernacle of David that is fallen and close up the breaches thereof. And I will raise up his ruins. And I will build it as in the days of old. God is not talking here about a tent on a hill in Jerusalem. He's talking about his presence being restored. So it's way more than some historical fulfillment. It's about our lives. And we start with a present word of truth. Because in Second Peter one twelve, which I gave you yesterday. It says we're to be established in present truth. We cannot live on the past. God, in fact, rebuked Israel in Jeremiah chapter 7 for wanting to go back to Shiloh where the presence of the Lord was because God took it out of Shiloh. Remember that when Samuel was a little boy in Shiloh, it says there was no open vision. The, the word of God was precious in those days. Nobody could hear it. And God forsook Shiloh. Psalm 78, verse 16, 61 says, because of the wickedness of men and, the, and, and sin in Israel. And when the presence of God departed from Israel, according to 1 Samuel 5, uh, they, they took it to the house, the Philistines took the ark to the house of Dagon, meaning idolatry. So the first thing that that happens when the presence of God is gone is idols show up. Now we know what happened to Dagon. He, he fell on his face and was broken up and they took the ark from there to, to Gath and from Gath to Ekron and all this is symbolic of places that people come to in their life when the presence of God leaves. So number one, they brought it to the house of their God, and idolatry shows up. Number two, they brought it to Gath, which means wine presses and no wine in it, empty wine press, so people are producing in the flesh, basically. And number three, they brought it to a place called Ekron, barrenness because people were dying everywhere the ark was going. So those three places appear in people's lives, idolatry, no wine, just a wine press that's doing nothing. And barrenness, emptiness in people's lives. That's the condition of today's church, sadly. So now, let's go on from where I left off yesterday. What happened before the glory returned? The presence of God came back to Israel. So we can use that in our own life. Let's go to First Chronicles. First Chronicles chapter 13. I want you all to follow in your Bible. 
and that's First Chronicles 13, and we're going to read verse 3. David said, Let us bring again the ark of our God to us, for, for we inquired not at it in the days of Saul. Remember I told you that Saul had the opportunity to bring God's presence back in First Samuel, but he blew it, you know? He just blew it. So, but in First Chronicles, David says, let's bring it back. Do you, do you remember First Samuel 14, verse 18 and 19, when Saul had the chance to bring God's glory back, but because of the noise of the Philistines, they got scared and stopped? And today a lot of people are afraid of what people are saying and people are doing. So they, they don't focus on the Lord. They're focusing on what people are doing. But there are keys to restoration. And let, let's begin by looking at them. Okay? So, number one. Number one is First Samuel 7. First Samuel 7. And we're going to look at verse 2, and we're going to go from there. In fact, let's just begin right with verse 1. And it says, And the men of Kiryat-Yarim came and fetched up the ark of the Lord, and brought it into the house of Abinadab in the hill, and sanctified Eleazar his son to keep the ark of the Lord. Now, 1 Samuel 7, 2 says, It came to pass while the ark abode in Kiryat Yearim, that the time was long. It was 20 years. And all the house of Israel did what they lamented. They began crying out for it. They lamented after, after, after the Lord. So now, after 20 years of no presence in Israel, they began crying out, Lord, we need you. Today we are facing this in the church, that in the church in America, and I think other parts of the world, that the presence of God has lifted. So, here's what we begin to do. Let's look at verse 3. There's a lot of keys in this verse. And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If ye do return unto the Lord with all your hearts. That's right there, number one. But I believe what Peter said that I mentioned to you earlier, you have to receive a word of present truth. And I believe Israel received that word from Samuel. But we need to receive a new word from God, which I showed you from, from the epistle of Peter already. So, I think that's first. I think first we need to hear a word from the Lord himself to our hearts. Be established in present truth. Number two, Samuel said, return to the Lord with all your heart. That's the second key. Return to the Lord with all your heart means get back on your knees. Get back to the word. Get back to prayer. That's how the presence returns. Number three, put away the strange gods from among you. Put all idols out of your life. All idols out of your home. Let's talk about that. What are idols? Well, idols can be our own life. People focus on themselves a lot. I remember a guy years ago who traveled with us who always took pictures of himself. He loved himself too much. That's an idol. Or 
people start to, because you know, I said yesterday, when God created us, he put in us a longing to worship him. Everyone worships something or worships someone, even atheists are worshipers. They worship money. They worship uh, jobs or careers or business or entertainers or some individual they look up to. People worship all kinds of things. People worship TV. They can't get away from watching their shows. They worship their entertainment. All kinds of things. Look what people spend on money. Look at sport events. People worship sports. They, they, they scream for their team. They worship teams. They worship all kinds of things. Because people are created for worship. But without the Lord, they're worshiping vanities, you know. Things that are empty and vain. So what, what he says is, you, you want God's presence? You have to remove all idols. Everything goes. Everything goes. You, can, you cannot have the presence of God and be attached to something else or someone else. You just can't. It's not going to happen. It's clear in the word. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. You'll worship only the Lord thy God and only him you'll serve. So you cannot really have the presence of God in your life unless everything goes that is worldly in nature. In some cases, demonic in nature. So he said, put away the strange gods. How interesting he said strange, because all of them are strange gods, vanities. They're not of the Lord your God. You know, They're not things that are holy. And then he said, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord and serve him. So here we are. We have to hear his word like they heard Samuel. Number two, we have to return to him with all our hearts. With all our hearts. If you, God says, if you return to me, I'll return to you. Number three, put away all strange gods, including money, including entertainment, including things you can't live without or you think you can't live without. And then it says, Prepare your heart. Prepare your heart. Because God wants you to be prepared for his, his presence. Make him a, a habitation. How is that? Worship. Moses knew how to build the habitation for God. I learned years ago that worship prepares God a habitation. So in all the crusades, all the meetings to this day, I lead well, I shouldn't say lead. I just worship the Lord and people follow. Okay, Worship prepares God a habitation. And that's what it means by prepare your hearts. And then it says serve the Lord. And then he will deliver you from the hands of the enemy. Then his presence will be restored. So here are five beautiful things. Get a, get a fresh word. Return to the Lord. Put away the strange gods. Worship and prepare your heart. And start serving the Lord only. And when that happens, some amazing things take, take place. Now, I want to I wanna talk to you about uh, 
when it comes to preparing your hearts, when it comes to worship. Uh, learn, uh, let's let's go to First Chronicles thirteen, because this is really really important. In First Chronicles thirteen and verse seven, uh, six and seven, in fact, it says, "And David went up and all Israel to Baalah, that is to Kiryat Arim, which belongs to Judah, to bring up thence the ark of God the Lord." that dwelleth between the cherubims, whose name is called on it. And they carried the ark of God in a new cart out of the house of Abinadab. And Uzzah and Ahio drove the cart. So, people that do it man, man's way, like it's a man-made kind of thing, they're not preparing their, their, their hearts. Because they were not prepared here to go and bring the presence of God back with a with a cart, like an, an, an animal pulling some wagon. Because it's all man-made. So man-made carts, man-made methods, man-made organizations is not the way you prepare your heart. Because what is man-made, what is man-made, will always stumble, will always slip, will always slide, and finally fall and die. Because man-made things cannot prepare the way of the Lord. So here, David said, let's bring the ark back. Okay, great thing, we, that's what we want. Bring the presence of God back. But David made a mistake too, and he had to learn. He used man-made things to do it. And finally, you know what happened to Uzzah, who tried to, you know, help God because the ark shook a little bit with, with the, when, when the, when the cows were pulling it and the, you know, wagon stumbled a little bit. So, what is God saying in all this? He's saying you, you've, you've gone as far as your, your man-made system can carry you. You've gone as far as your man-made system can carry you. You can't do it uh, in a man-made way. I'm not gonna come back. My presence will not come back if you use man-made methods. God uh, uh, has a way, and he wants us to use that way. And, and here's a very interesting fact about Uzzah. Uzzah was one of the sons of Aminadab, in whose home was the ark in Kiryat Arim. So sadly, he became too familiar familiarity with God, treating God like he's your neighbor or your buddy, will not bring, will not bring his presence. We have to stand in, uh, in awe of the Lord, you know? We sing the song, I stand, I stand in awe of you. Well, let's, let's live it. Let's live it. So now, here's the first thing that happened when it happened right, okay? In First Chronicles 15, verse 1. Number one, here's what David did that was so right. And David made him houses in the city of David and prepared a place for the ark of God and pitched for it a tent. Wow. How did he do that? How did he prepare a place for the Lord? Verse 2 tells us. Then David said, because this is the spiritual side, you know, so he prepared a tent by building a tent. But then verse verse 2 gives us a secret about how do we prepare. Then David said, none ought to carry the ark of God but the Levites. 
For them hath the Lord chosen to carry the ark, to minister unto him forever. Oh, we, we have some amazing secrets here. Number one, he said, the ark has got to be carried. The presence of God is carried by the Levites' worshipers. You have to become a Levite and a worshiper to bring the presence of God back to your life. For them, worshipers, has the Lord chosen to carry his presence, the ark, and to minister unto him forever. So we are told two things here, that worship and ministry is what God looks for. But what is ministry? The ministry of worship. So basically, worship is ministry, and and that combination, when we minister to the Lord in worship, the ark, the presence, returns. But remember all I said earlier, because that's all preparation. You know, hear a a word and do all the things I, I, I showed you earlier, those five things I showed you earlier. But now you become a continual worshiper, the Levites, because the Levites were continual worshipers. Whenever you read Levites, it means someone whose duty is to worship God daily, all the time. It's worship day and night, every day, 24 hours a day. Because the Levites were worshipers all the time. Worship never stopped with the Levites. And we have to become continual worshipers. But then he he said something else that I think is magnificent and very important. And that's in verse 12 and verse 13. He said, you are, and he said to them, you are the chief of the fathers of the Levites. Sanctify yourselves, both you and your brothers, that you may bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel to the place I've prepared for it. Well, what is he saying here by sanctify yourselves? He's talking to the worshipers. He says you have to sanctify yourself continually, meaning you have to apply the blood daily on your life. It's impossible for the presence of God to return without the blood being applied. Daily. If if you want God's presence back on your life, You have to worship and apply the blood daily. But before that, go back to what I said earlier. I'm giving you a lot of instructions now. Because that's what I've learned also in my own life. So now, how did they sanctify themselves? They applied the blood. Where? On their ear, on their thumb, and their toe. That's how they sanctified Remember when the priest sanctified the lepers and they were healed? And when Moses sanctified Aaron and his sons, what did he do? He, he, he applied blood on the ear and the thumb and the toe. The ear, meaning his hearing now, his thumb, his work, to his walk. He applied the blood on the mind, on the work, on the walk. And we need to apply the blood daily on our mind, on our work for the Lord, and our walk with the Lord. Simple. 
because it says very, very clearly that the agreement is between the blood, the word, and the spirit. So we read that very clearly. Let's look. Let's just go to Hebrews quickly. Hebrews 13, and I'm going to look at verse 12. Oh, this is beautiful. Okay. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood. So it's the blood that sanctifies. And when that beautiful sanctification takes place, hallelujah, Lord, I give you praise. Because it also, it's, uh, we are sanctified by the blood that agrees with the spirit and the word. Do you remember in John 17, 17, it says, I sanctified them through your word, through your word. And that's in John 17, 17. I'd like you to read that. And, and if not, just simply write it down. He said, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. And finally, by the Holy Spirit, First Peter 1, 2 talks about sanctification by the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's just read it because I know some of you maybe have not seen that. Look, you know, sometimes I don't want to just give you the reference. I think it's, it's good to see the reference. And so it says, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit. So when we are sanctified by the blood then the Word sanctifies us and the Holy Ghost sanctifies us. Our job is to apply the blood on our mind, on our work for the Lord, on our walk for the, for, with the Lord. Now God's Word sanctifies us, the Holy Ghost sanctifies us, and we're able to do the last thing. And that is second, uh, First Chronicles 15, 14 and 15. And I want to talk about it because it's so important before I'm, I'm done. First Chronicles 15. I know I'm, I'm giving you a lot of in, uh, information. If, if, if you didn't hear everything, go back and rewatch it. Make some notes. Go back and, and look at it in your Bible. Okay. So it says in verse 14 and 15 of First Chronicles 15, verse 14 and 15, So the priests and the Levites sanctified themselves to bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel. And the children of the Levites bear the ark of God upon their shoulders with the staves thereon, as Moses commanded according to the word of the Lord. How amazing that the presence of God came back to the whole nation and victories happened after that. Amazing victories. The kingdom began to expand. The blessings began to fall on Israel through David's reign. It says leaders, leaders carried the the ark on their shoulders. You know what shoulders represent? They represent responsibility. Our responsibility as God's people, as God's leaders, because we are all leaders in the Lord. We're all kings and priests. So when I talk about leaders, I'm not talking about just preachers, you know. All of us are leaders in the kingdom. Spiritually, we are all kings and priests unto our God. That's leaders. So it's our responsibility to move our private worship into public worship. Because these priests were the carriers of the ark, the carriers of the presence. 
So not only can we experience the presence of God in our, in, in our own life, we can carry it to our nation. We can carry it to God's people. We can carry it to the world. As we are worshipers, we take our private worship into the public arena. And you'll see the glory of God descend. David was a worshiper. He had his own tent, his own place of worship next to his home. And he would go there daily and worship God. But look what it did to the whole nation. It brought the the presence of God to the whole nation of Israel because of worshipers. Lord, I give you praise. I pray today that you'll use this word that I ministered today and yesterday, Lord, with your people's lives, that they'll all become worshipers, sanctified worshipers. Hallelujah to the Lamb of Heaven. Lord, give them that blessed new word. Let them return to you, Lord, and prepare a place for you. And remove all idols out of their life. I worship you, Lord. I worship you. Lord, make them, make them into vessels of worship. Use them, Lord, to bring your presence into people's lives. Their neighbors, their families, and friends. In Jesus' holy name. Let them carry your presence every day, all their life, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, I pray you've enjoyed the teaching yesterday and today. Tomorrow, another very powerful teaching, so don't miss. And now it's time to give to the Lord. It's time to succeed in his work, in his kingdom. And I told you, we are digitizing all of our tapes from the last 50 years almost, almost 50 years now in ministry. And uh, because a lot of the tapes are wearing out and going bad, getting yellow with all you know scratches in them. And now we are digitizing them. We've started the process so we can keep it for our, ch- our children and grandchildren. And we just launched a channel on Roku, by the way. We just launched our own channel on Roku so people can see God's blessings and glory and presence so they can cry out for it themselves. So will you, will you, will you help me? Will you sow a seed to help me pay for the digitizing of all the, the tapes? And that's going to be about half a million dollars, but if we do all, we do our part, then we'll, we'll all, that's not really a whole lot of money. When we all come together and give whatever God enables us to give, we can, that's doing God's service, you know? So we can preserve what God wants to do with our children and grandchildren in the future so they can see and listen to the worship and be a part. And then hunger will build in them for more. All right. You can give on the platform you're watching me on right now. Or you can simply go to our website, benhin.org, or simply text BHM45777. And remember, when you sow seed, God will bless you and secure your tomorrow. That's his promise. And and multiply you. Hallelujah. Tomorrow, a very powerful teaching. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.